Welcome to Enlightenment 101. I am Danielle G. I am an author, a teacher, and instructor. This show will explore, engage, and enlighten us on love, life, living, and everything in between. We will discover how to not just live, but be better and sustain a level of life that offers well-being for generations to come. Welcome to Enlightenment 101. Hello, 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 my Enlightenment 101 listeners. I am so delighted to share good news, great news with you. We have listeners from all over. And when I say all over, I mean all over, from 10 countries to be exact. Um, When I first began this Enlightenment journey, I thought it'd be great to get people to connect, to listen, and be enlightened. That really was my only goal. And I'm, you know, it has surpassed what I had hoped it to be. And it's not done yet. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, I began uh, and have been both encouraged and enlightened myself. Um, So every time I've been enlightened. So I want to thank you all of you, all of the listeners who tune in to listen to Enlightenment 101, everyone in South Africa, Australia, France, India, Canada, Portugal, and all of the listeners in the United States from Illinois, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Florida, Virginia, Texas, Ohio, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, Missouri, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely hope that you are being enlightened and sharing with others so that we can build a better, more enlightened tomorrow. So I wanted to take that time to give special shout outs because you make the difference and and I appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So welcome to Enlightenment 101. Today's episode and topic is... Dum, 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 dum. Dum, dum, dum. You guessed it? Marriage. There are many things that will come to mind when you think about marriage, depending on where you are in your life. Married, separated, single, but want to be married, married before and now divorced. So this can be applicable to all of those different parts of the journey. But for the sake of time and substance, we will focus on what marriage means and vows. By definition, marriage means the state of being united as spouses in a consensual and contractual relationship recognized by law. That's one definition. Another is the mutual relation of married persons, wedlock. There are more variations of the same definition, but I will focus on the description that is more spiritual and sacred, and that is, the two shall become one. One plus one equals one. That is what it means when we take it from a a content or context of sacred and spiritual right? One is more a description of how the world describes marriage. The other takes on a more spiritual meaning. And everything that we do or everything that I do 
from Enlightenment 101 in uh, these episodes comes from a spiritual place. So um, we're going to be consistent with that. So the two shall become one. So as I said, one plus one equals one. Some of y'all are saying, wait, the math ain't mathin'. <laughs> right? It's not, that's not it. So let's break this down. Let's offer some historical content, um, if you will. So marriage is a union between two people, two agreeable parties who agree to do life together. The very definition of union is an act or instance of uniting or joining two or more things into one. Let me read that one more time. Marriage is a union between two people, two agreeable parties who agree to do life together. And as I said, the definition within union is uniting or joining two or more things into one. Going back to the spiritual realm or offering, the two shall become one. So even with that right there, we understand that this is a layered approach, right? There are going to be many layers in and within this, un this union. So some of us need to just pause right there before we even pull back the layers and let that part take root because this is the beginning of the fruit, of bearing the fruit going forward. So if you don't even have a grasp of that marriage is a union between two people that we are to do life together as one, if that, if you're not even getting that part, we're already, we're already in trouble. So let's take a look at the vows, the actual vows, not today's versions or variations, but the actual vows. This may be a little bit, um, I'm not going to say uncomfortable, but it may be, get a little uncomfortable, but the truth and enlightenment can sometimes be a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. That's all right. We're, we're in this together. So here we go. The vows, and I'm going to read them verbatim. In the name of God, I, the so-and-so, take you to be my wife, husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, forsaking all others, being faithful until parted by death. For those of you who have never been married but desire to be married, should ask yourselves if this is something you can and will commit to. Sometimes we don't have a clue as to what we're signing up for. We just know that we're in love, it feels good at the moment, and I really like this person, he makes me happy, she makes me happy, she knows how to cook. He knows how to fix things, whatever the case may be. But let's get back to the vows. Right? Now, before we unpack this, I want to shed some light on 
my insight. I think it's important because we have so many platforms where sometimes there are people speaking or interpreting on subjects they have no experience on. So for instance, if you are trying to offer parental advice, but you don't have any children, or you're offering uh, advice on marital advice, but you haven't been married or not married. So I'm not saying that that those experiences makes you an expert, but they certainly give you some uh, offering to be able to speak on them at least. So I am not claiming to be an expert, but I have been married before. I no longer am, but that is okay. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I am grateful. So I want to say that I am by no means claiming to be an expert, but have gained some insight and wisdom from my marital experience and just sharing and connecting with others who are also married, having been married, divorced, single. So I kind of have uh, insight from both sides or all sides of it. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's continue. So with those vows, we really should be looking at them and interpreting them as lifelong vows and commitment. It is a big deal. The vows we begin with in the name, uh, the vows begin with in the name of God. So from the get-go, we know that marriage is meant to have God first and at the helm. Not just a reference, but in the beginning, in the middle, and through and through. I've said this many times and will continue. This platform is for all. My intention is to enlighten you. And all are welcome to share and be a part of this enlightenment journey. My goal is never or never will be to convert, to persuade, any of those things. It is just to share and enlighten you and hope that it somehow opens you up and makes you better. All right, so why? Why God first? It is because I believe God in all his knowing, in all his all-knowing, excuse me, knew that we were going to go through some storms, <laughs> some heartache, struggles, deaths, etc. Life. Life be lifing. <laughs> right? Next, after God first is to have and to hold from this day forward. It means beyond next year or year two or year three. It means however many days, weeks, months, and years I am to have and to hold you for the rest of our days. To have you as you are, not to change you and to hold you. Notice what I said, to have you as you are. Those vows said to have and to hold, not to have you for this period of time, 
not to have you until I get tired or sick of you, (laughs) not to have you until I'm tired of you, not to have you until I'm no longer happy, to have and to hold. Not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, financially, and to be held accountable as well as hold you accountable. Woo! I'm going to let that sit for a minute. See, there's a lot to unpack. There are a lot of layers to this. A lot of the layers that we don't examine, that we don't consider sometimes when getting married. We seem so much more interested in the wedding than the marriage. But we'll talk about that part a little bit later. But in that part, it tells us that there has to be trust, character, and humility. Not selfishness, bravado, or manipulation. See, in order to have and to hold, there's got to be some trust there. I have to be able to trust you and vice versa. I have to trust that your character is sufficient. And I also have to carry a humble heart. Some marriages are more interested in just having power over and not power with. And I've mentioned this before in other episodes. A marriage is a partnership. I have to be able to trust you to hold me, to want what's best for me, and not keep score or operate from an I gotcha framework. Like you're just waiting, like you're setting me up to fail or so you can hold things over my head. But it should be from I got you. I got you. We got this. You put your hand in my hand and together, will hold God's hand. See, that goes back to the very first part. In God, I take you to be my husband, to be my wife, to have and to hold, to hold my hand as I hold your hand, as we hold God's hand. Don't let go of my hand. Everything will be all. See, when you hold each other's hands, everything will be all right. It's when we let go of each other's hand, we make room for forces that are not conducive to our vows to enter. And sometimes those things that come in and enter stay, and then they create a chasm. So now you are no longer having and holding each other. You're holding things against each other. Oh, this thing is something. That's why I waited for a while to talk about marriage because it is such a dynamic uh, that so many people don't grasp. I'm not even sure when I first got married if I grasped all of it. I just knew that it was something I want to do. I love the person that I was marrying and... I, I certainly didn't examine it the way I do and, and and am today. So we are only two vows in, and we can already see why some marriages don't make it. 
We cannot have a union that was created by God under these vows without God. It is the key ingredient to not just survive, but thrive. You ever talk to somebody and they say, you know, are you married? And they say, and they go, yeah. And then they say, are you happily married? <laughs> right? Marriages are meant to thrive and not just survive. I'm hanging in there. We're hanging in there. What does that mean? Now, I'm not unrealistic and not knowing that marriage can and often will be a challenge. The, vial, the vows speak to it. They tell us that we're going to have some challenges. That's why it says to have and to hold, for better or for worse. Right? Um, but not to change. It says to have and to hold, not to change and to mold. See, that's what happens is we set these unrealistic expectations when it's right there telling us to have and to hold. Can you have this and hold this? Can you have it and hold it? Instead, some of us go into marriages and say, well, I'm going to change him. And, or I'm going to mold her into the woman that I want she, her to be. There's some accountability on both sides. I said in the very beginning when I started this show a long time ago that I would not, this will never be a male bashing or bashing of any kind. This is a safe space and place for us all to reside in enlightenment. By the way, shout out to my male listeners. I thank y'all so much. I, I, I've received some really great feedback and I, I'm just so happy about that. All of you, all of you matter to me. I just wanted to say that. Um... So how many times do we hear, if I'm not happy, I'm out? We hear it all the time. If I'm not happy, if I'm no longer happy, I'm out. Translation, I'm not having that. <laughs> Forget I'm to have and to hold. I'm not having it. To have and to hold, remember? No one, including your spouse, I'm going to say this, is responsible for your happiness. I'm not responsible for my spouse's or partner's happiness. You're not responsible for your wife's happiness or husband's happiness or partner's happiness. Now, should they add to it? Yes. But realize even that is not the vow. The vow doesn't say, I vow to make you happy. The vow says, I vow to have and to, to hold for better or for worse. Because the responsibility or the onus of being happy is upon you. You, we, have to find our own happy. Ooh, come on now. Come on. I have a pillow on my bed that says my happy place. I love it. <laughs> and it fills my own cup of happy. We have to find those things, both big and small, that makes us happy. And that, too, in itself is a journey. The things that made you happy when you were 6 or 10 or 15 or aren't the same things that make you happy later in life. That's what makes it a journey. When you're 16, you're learning how to drive, so now you're happy you're driving. 
when you get to a certain age, you're like, I'm tired of driving. So those things evolve, all of those things that make you happy, which is why that's too heavy to put on someone else to say, make me happy, or you don't make me happy anymore. That's setting up for failure. The work is in making yourself happy, filling your own cup. And then if your cup is full, my cup is full, together our cup runneth over. Come on, that's what we want. Okay, let's continue. For better or for worse. Whoo, hold up, wait. That's a little Dr. Dre in there. (laughs) For better or for worse. That's why we need God. Because in carving and creating this union of one, it was already known there would be worse times, but also better times. Storms will come, but remember, what do storms come to do? Storms come to pass, not to stay. The goal or the vow is to weather the storm, not bail in the storm. Some of, some of us, when the storm comes, we leave. We abandon our vows and our partners. I never could understand that. Like, there were some stories that I've read um, where when a woman gets pregnant, um, or sometimes when a woman has been pregnant that the the spouse thinks that's a great time to be unfaithful. What? So, I, I mean, there's a lot of committed men out there that are um, committed to their wives and their families and their growing families. But I never could, I never could grasp that. I could never, and I'm not judging anybody. I'm only speaking about myself because I know myself so well. I could never leave someone that I loved while they're going through the storm. I just couldn't do it. It's not in me. It's just not. And I like that part about myself. But I've learned and have seen quite other stories, and not everybody feels that way. So Kelly Price has a song that I really like that speaks to this um, about what happened to Better For Worse, or Better or For Worse. can't believe the way you talk Said you want to call it off Y'all can tell I like that song. (laughs) She said, what happened to better or for worse? Said you want to call it off. What happened to better or for worse? That's what we're talking about. It will rain. That's what she says later on in the song. It will rain. But what happens? The rain will clear and the sun will shine again. But you got to stay in there to get to the other side. Some of us can't see the other side. That is where the vows and the commitment to the vows come in. There will be rain. There will be storms. There will be those times. But there will also be good times and better times and sunshine. 
Listen, there's nothing like mature love. I love love. And people that know me know how much I love it. I love it. I love to see a mature couple being together, holding hands, looking out for each other. I love it. Nothing makes my heart happier. As I said earlier, marriage is a partnership, meaning you do your part, I'll do my part, and we respect and not belittle each other's part. That's a huge one right there. Listen, both parts matter. There, is one, there isn't one that's more valuable than the other. That's what makes it a partnership. And it will evolve. Sometimes you got to renegotiate or, or, or reevaluate. Okay, maybe when you first got married, this is why uh, the, the vows and knowing what those vows mean so that you know how they're supposed to serve you and you the vows. If I'm working and you're at home working, we're both still working and contributing. So you can't devalue what the other is doing or contributing. Sometimes that is what hurts marriages and partnerships because we're not valuing to have and to hold for better or for worse. Remember, it's physically, mentally, financially, all of those things. Okay? Sometimes we want it our way, so we write our own versions of marital vows with exclusions, edits, modifications. We want for better or for better. <laughs> we want for better or for better. The vows also say for richer or for poorer. Some have vowed for richer or for richer. I've actually seen this. Sometimes um, you truly start from the bottom, but you build together. So again, I started out in this episode, this is Enlightenment 101, talking about marriage. And sometimes, depending on where you are in your life, if you're early 20s or um, early 30s, you're kind of still in that building stage, right? So if you're starting out in that stage, you're building together. You build together. So you, you may not be rich, or richer yet, right? If you started out really early, you're you're building and you're you're trying to get to that point. But as I said earlier, depending on where you are in life will likely determine your financial status. Later on in life, you um, in your 40s, maybe later in your 50s, and you know you're coming upon retirement. All of those things determine your richer or for poorer. But that's why you stay because the vow says for richer or for poor. Um, we also need to understand that the wedding, as I said earlier, is not the marriage. The wedding is for everybody else. The marriage is minus the guests, the party, the wedding, and all its accoutrements. For women, it's not about the cut, the carrot, or the color. It is about the other C's, the commitment and the character and Christ. Remember, first thing has to be God has to be the center of it all. We get so excited about the ring. And I'm with you. Listen, I understand. My girl Janice says diamonds are a girl's best friend.
when you go, you'll stay with me until the end. Hey, she said diamonds are a girl's best friend. Now listen, like any other girl, I like good diamonds too. Listen, I am not going to front. I like diamonds. They will have you, but definitely can't hold you or your marriage together. Historically, marriage was never about getting money or, in today's terms, getting the bag. It was about building and providing for the family. The man worked outside of the home the woman, uh, and provided for the family. The woman worked inside the home and provided for the family. So together, they built a home and a life together. Now, I realize that times have changed. I realize that we now have women running households sometimes single households. I get it, I see it, I understand it. But the premise is the same. There was a commitment to the process of marriage, not just the ceremony. Now we commit to the ceremony, where we're going to have it, how many people are going to be in it, who should be on our list, all of these things. We commit to that part, but not to the marriage and to the family. See, back in the day, it was a commitment to the marriage and the family. And in working together, the two could sometimes acquire the wealth together. So that's what we have to get to, get back to in some cases. A while back, I uh, provided data that reflected that married couples did better than singles financially. Married people can qualify for higher income thresholds, tax deductions, and tax credits. Also, there's a new study from the American College of Cardiology, which was published recently, found that married men are more likely to live longer. One reason is the influence of, marital, of, of a marital partner's um, on healthy behaviors. So it's like, okay, babe, you know you shouldn't have that, or let's go on this journey to, together. Let's start working out together. Having that partnership and that encouragement is one of the reasons because of the influence of the partnership. It also says that married people eat better and are less likely to smoke and drink excessively. Like you have somebody there reminding you, okay, you know, that's probably enough. Don't have any more you know how you behave, or whatever, or what have you, what have you, <laughs> pun intended, to have and to hold. Marriage is both a wealth and health builder. And I want to say something else that we see that's pretty pervasive in our society is um, people just, just not really respecting the sanctity of marriage. Don't admire philandering of any kind. It's short-lived. Literally and figuratively. I know women are also bragging about playing the field or having multiple partners. Um, men asking women, what's your body count? Men claiming they have side chicks and side pieces. And we live in a society that boasts and brags about infidelity on both sides, men and women. Remember part of that where the vows is to be faithful. If these are commitments and things that you do not value, then don't get married. Don't get married. 
Don't make a mockery of it all. Be you, do you, but just don't get married. If these aren't things that you hold dear, near and dear to your heart and are serious about it, because there are generations that are following you who don't have a clear example. And uh, I would like to see us have healthy marriages and healthy families because the data supports that we do better together. That's not me. That's not opinion. That's fact. So very quickly, I want to offer another statistics, but um, the other top two reasons for divorce, I'm sorry, not the other, but I want to offer uh, another statistics. The top two reasons for divorce. What do you think those top two reasons are? What do you think they are, Brian? Jeez, um, I don't know. <laughs> Just take a stab at it. Um, infidelity. There you go. And... Infidelity. (laughs) (laughs) Both one, two, three, four, five. (laughs) Listen, he's correct. One is finances and the other is infidelity. Now, there are a plethora of other reasons why people don't stay married or get divorced. Others, uh, including commitment, um, irreconcilable differences, which I think just mask what those top reasons are. Um, But these remain at the top of the list. Money and infidelity. Finances and infidelity. Now, let's talk about it just a little bit. So sometimes we think that when people don't stay together due to finances, that it's because they don't have enough. That's part of it. But it also can be when you now have more. Because what I believe is whoever you are, you know, people say you change when you have money. No, money just enhances who you already are. If you are a giving person, when you have money or you get money, you just become more giving because you have more to give. If you're already a tightwad or you use money to control people, that's who you're going to become more of. It's just now we get to witness it and we get to see it. So when we look at that finance aspect of it, it can very well be either, right? Not just you're struggling financially, but also you can be successful. There are a lot of rich people that get divorced. Uh, what's the guy from um, Amazon? Bezos? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He got divorced, and his ex, I mean, she's like a multi, 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 multi billionaire. So their, fun, they, their, their, their reason had nothing to do with not having enough. So, and I don't claim to know. I'm just saying, giving you both sides of it. Now, is there a reason to ever get divorced? Remember, we took it from the spiritual aspect. So the short answer is yes. The word or scripture offers insight that says there are two reasons for divorce. One, infidelity, uh, which they say adultery that's in the Bible, or if the unbeliever unbeliever leaves. So. Infidelity or if the unbeliever leaves, which makes sense because what's the very first thing we started with? God. So if you don't believe in God, that means God isn't the center of this, uh, this, this matrimony, then that makes sense that the, the marriage is going to fall apart. So if things get out of order or, or are out of order where money and everything else comes before God or before your commitment or before your vows, your vows are last. So if things get out of order, things get out of order. 
I, I also want to share another interesting statistic is that 63% of divorce divorcees say that had they knew or had a better understanding of the commitment, that could have helped them avoid divorce. So what that says, that's 63%. That says that we walk into marriage and don't understand these commitments or this, these vows. Again, that's data. That's research. That's not opinion. Last but not least, in sickness and in health, as you age, mature, or become more seasonal, I don't use the word older <laughs> because I just believe old is a state of mind. The minute you say that you're old, you get old. So I believe you say I'm seasoned, I'm mature, whatever you are comfortable with. But you may experience some health issues. When my father became sick, suddenly my mother was by his side in sickness and in health. One of my aunts lost her husband after being married for almost 20 years. No, over 20 years. But she, too, was by his side till death do us apart. Today, sometimes we leave when one gets sick, not honoring or uh, adhering to the vows of in sickness and in health. We have taken our own vows, says, in health and in wealth. <laughs> but it is in sickness and in health. So I'm not trying to convince you to get married, single people. I'm not trying to convince you to stay married, but enlighten you to the vows and commitment that honors and stabilizes marriages. I love, respect, and honor the sanctity of marriage. And I hope this uh, we get it right for our children and for to leave a legacy of what that looks like for their children and our children's children. And that's the same thing, but generations to come. So that's it today. We talked about marriage. Um, all my married folk out there, I wish you all the best. Please, um, you know, take care of yourselves and each other to have and to hold all of you folk who want to be married Take a look at those vows and, and make sure you understand what they means and get your own happy before you get married. All right. All right. My quote for today is marriage is a gift. Be willing to unwrap it. Marriage is a gift. Be willing to unwrap it. All right. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 